the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good morning, everybody. Um, Boy, it's been a wild week of weather and markets and all sorts of stuff, so let's get started thinking positively. I have often regretted my speech, never my silence. That was uh, Xenocrates, uh, which I think I just butchered his name, but he was one of the great uh, Greek philosophers, uh, one of the minor ones, but boy, he had, I read uh, his stuff about 20 years ago. It was really good. As always, uh, we talk about uh, my webpage because there's some good information on there. Um, you know, if you Google Tim Hayes Radio, I show up, or if you go to WHK1420 and hit the daily podcasts, uh, you can go down and, uh, by the way, you know, you, you hit Tim Hayes. It goes directly to my webpage. Uh, so as, uh, our, our technical people have told me, we, uh, we now, uh, are on a couple podcast systems. So, um, I didn't know about that till, uh, last week. So anyway, uh, you know, that probably means you're, you could get it on Apple if you need to. So, but if you need to, you know, you've just heard part of the show or you can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and you need somebody to you know to to put you to sleep just hit my podcast and I'll I'll take care of you. Um we do have a couple neat things uh on on that webpage I highly recommend. Number 1 is Market Week. Uh that's a daily week, you know, da- uh a weekly letter, I'm sorry, a newsletter. Uh we also send that out by the way to our uh our people that are on our list. Uh, and Investor's Edge, which is a, uh, a monthly or quarterly, I can't remember, uh, daily technical analysis and some stuff on cyber stuff. And, and um, we, we also had a piece on European equities, which I thought was really, really good. And I'm going to offer this again. Nobody's turned it, <laughs> called in for this, which I can't believe. But we have pieces on government health care fundamentals. And believe me, if you don't know what Medicare Part A, B, C, and D are, uh, and how they work and, uh, and all that good stuff, you should. Uh, it's, you know, we, we ship it out. The first time we have to kind of ship it out, the SEC says we have to use your address and then we can use your email address if you want to sign up for our newsletter that comes out once a month and then we have our, our weekly update too. But we also have some other good stuff that you can get a hold of there. Uh, Woman's Guide to Healthcare, caught, uh, Caring for Aged Parents, and Healthcare and Retirement. It's good stuff. And we also have some pieces on uh, life insurance. Uh, you know, uh, most women don't have life insurance. Bad idea. Bad idea. Um, I would also suggest that, you know, we've been talking about oil, uh, oil and gas, and we kind of held back earlier this summer because I got beat up a little bit. And now, you know, oil and gas seems to be uh, chugging ahead. So we have our global best ideas, and some of these look really, really good on the charts. Uh, I've been seeing a lot more of them. Um, 
you know, I, uh, one I got kind of uh, beat up on a little bit, and uh, and it looks best on the charts now. So I'm not going to. Uh, I probably should buy some more in the next couple weeks. Uh, also, we have a great report on healthcare. Healthcare has been leading the way, and you know we were early on this, but we were right. So we'll just leave it at that. Uh, I would highly recommend that. And our Imagine 2025 portfolio. So this is stocks that we think are going to do well between now and 2025. And then our small cap idea. Uh, small caps have been kind of fading a little bit. Uh, so you want to wait on these. But, you, you, you know, look, I, I always say that Noah didn't start building the ark when it started raining. Okay. Our all cap portfolio has been uh, kicking it. And our, our um, top equity ideas have been kicking it, too. Um it may be time, and I'm not sure yet, but the ADR list and some of those names might be good places to be. Our October newsletter says stuff like this, down the donut hole. If you don't know what the donut hole is on Medicare coverage, you should. And on the road to retirement, beware of five risks and uh, life insurance with a refund. So some things that you should know. Okay. Uh, also, we, we do have key numbers for 2019 as far as, uh, you know, where do you get your standard deduction uh, what, you know, what income level, what income level you should start talking about estate planning, uh, the kitty tax and all that good stuff, uh, alternative minimum tax, et cetera, et cetera. So those are all good pieces of information and I highly recommend them. You know, overall, there are 10,929 ratings on stocks in the S&P 500. Of those rating, of those 10,900, 52.6% are buy ratings. 41.7 are hold ratings and 5.7 are sell ratings. That's fact set, by the way. What's equally interesting is insiders are right 68% of the time. Analysts are right 55. Hmm. Uh, analysts, by the way, have a tough thing. So what they're supposed to do is tell you which the best stock is in their group is. They're not supposed to tell you about the timing. The timing, that's why we talk about technical analysis. You add fundamentals and technicals together. More than 9 million subscribers will be streaming TV services by the end of the year, growing to 24 million by 2022. According to analysis uh, presented at the American Society of Clinical Oncology, an estimated 1 in 1,000 men will be diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime, compared to 1 in 8 women. That's a lot. All right, so let's let's start. To, let's get into the meat of this stuff, okay? So midterms are approaching and may be a catalyst for the markets over the twenty months. Historically, the year after midterm elections has been the best year for the stock market. That's according to the Wall Street Journal, by the way, and it's regardless of the outcome. However, uh, the S and P is five has uh, increased fifteen percent on average in the year after midterms, and has not declined in such a year since nineteen twenty six. So those of you who are bearish, you shouldn't be. Uh, however, our equity strategist, uh, Lori Calcivini, pointed out that 2018 was not followed, has not followed the typical path of midterm elections uh, year on year, month to month basis, that type of thing. Stocks tend to fall from April to September and then increase the rest of the year. In 2018, stocks decreased in the beginning of the year, but have been rising since April. So midterm elections, uh, you know, could be interesting. You know, uh, as change accelerates, the Internet brings people together. Uh, the scale at which we communicate and innovate has become very large and faster, leaving behind a trail of information that's very valuable to many companies. More than half the world, or over 4 billion people, are now online. U.S. adults spend an average of six hours per day on digital media. Over half the time, 
entails mobile devices. Uh, internet usage continues to grow rapidly. Uh, to, to, you know, put some perspective on this. Uh, well, let's put it this way. Digital services are still growing at 50% versus last year. That's amazing. Uh, to put this in perspective, the number of users of some of the largest uh, digital networks surpassed the populations of massive countries such as China and India, as well as the smaller United States. The high volume of Internet uh, interactions each minute is creating massive volumes of data. Internet traffic is now anticipated to grow at 24%, which means you're creating huge amounts of accompanying data. I couldn't say that. Gigantic. Thank you. As we navigate the Internet, we leave behind digital breadcrumbs that provide information on our preferences to businesses. The companies included in, uh, in this can can really help out. All right. So, look. Uh, and by the way, somebody asked me about uh, the Internet. And, you know, what about Bitcoin? And look, um, I'm going to say this, and, and I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, look, I, I you know, we, we don't always, we're not always right. Uh, but, you know. I'll just say this. Somebody asked me, um, you know, is is Bitcoin going to be around? Well, I said, look, at this point, only 3% of the people use Bitcoin. In 1994, only 3% of the people used the Internet. Look now, okay? So, you know, I, I was looking at things, and... Um, I, I got I to gotta say that I was a little bit perturbed. I looked at the housing stocks. And I wonder if they're the canary in the coal mine. Um, you know, if you look into some of the housing numbers, uh, existing home sales have fallen for three consecutive months. New home sales just grew at their fa- their slowest pace in eight months. Home prices are still increasing, but the lowest pace in six years as the inventory of home f- for sale rises uh, from a very unusually low levels, by the way. Prospective buyers are feeling less urgency to put in bids. Why is that? Interest rates are going up. And, you know, if you dig a little deeper into the uh, into the numbers, the Consensus uh, Bureau home ownership rate has recovered somewhat from the 2016 trough back to the norms of the 1990s. Still, these rates are nowhere near the 2004 pay, uh, peak, which, you know, was kind of a crazy time. Uh, so it can be argued that the lower home ownership rates leave some room for continuation for the housing market boom. Uh, that may prove to be the case, but. Uh, in our view, the home ownership rate is unlikely to approach anywhere close to that uh, that level. Uh, so it's kind of premature to conclude that the housing boom that started in 2011 is crashing out or anything like that. But the millennials, which is a huge demographic group, obviously, are the prime age where people form families. Many of the older of the generation were forced to delay adulthood, adulthood to, because of the Great Recession leading them to wait longer for their, you know, for their families and stuff like that. And so it, it'll be, uh, it, I think there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff going on. Now, Lori Calcivina, uh released the quarterly poll of their, her U.S. institutional equity investors and, and, and walkaways with three major points this week. The market is likely to remain choppy as investors' confidence is fading. Still no signs of sector rotation. You know, we've been talking about growth versus uh, value for some time now. And margin expectations continue to deteriorate. In terms of confidence, neutral was the most popular at 41%. 
and and the bullish decline from 48 to 38 percent at the end of June. On sector location, uh, investors are buying healthcare, energy, industrials, uh, emerging markets a little bit, and selling utilities or or what I call the um, the bond surrogates, the utilities, REITs, and some U.S. equities. By the way. Um, Finally, on operating margins, 73% of the respondents expect margins will flatten or decline over the next 6 to 12 months, and only 27% expect margins to expand. So for some perspective, those expecting flattening or contracting of margins has increased while those expecting margin expansion has declined. So overall, she she expects a choppy market for the next uh, several months. And look... um, there, you know, at various times, uh, well, I'm not, I won't go into that. Uh, look, there's another thing uh, I want to talk about, and I don't know, have enough time, so I, I think I'm just going to talk about this in the next segment. But, you know, one of the areas we talked about was healthcare, and one of the groups that didn't participate was some of the biotechnology stocks. And we're going to come back and, and talk about them. But once again, if you'd like to have a cup of coffee, you can go, you can Google Tim Hayes Radio. And just hit the contact me or email me on there or call us, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Let's uh, take a break, and we'll be right back with some more on uh, on the markets and, uh, and the buy market. Thanks. Mr. Hero's now giving you two choices for the featured steakery of the month. The 7-inch Sicilian Parmesan and Zesty Bacon and Swiss. Only $4.50 each. Try the Sicilian Parmesan with sausage, pepperoni, Parmesan spread, and more. Or try the Zesty Bacon and Swiss with steak, bacon, zesty mayo, and our raspberry chipotle topping. And they're both only $4.50 each. Mr. Hero's Steakery. It's flippin' good. Mr. Hero. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. If you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. And uh, once again, you know, uh, if you you did not hear all the first part of our show or like to hear the whole thing or like to hear it at your leisure, just remember WHK 1420. Go to the local podcast and go down to Tim Hayes and you can listen as much as you want. It's uh, it's kind of nice, actually. I, I believe uh, there are also uh, we're on Apple now, too. So I uh, don't know how that would happen, but that's OK. Look, since mid-September... If you look at the healthcare sector, it has improved and now sits in the number four position from dynamic asset level investing. Remember the beginning of the year, they were dead to last, okay? And I said that they'd probably be looking pretty good. Uh, you know, Bob Dickey had a couple charts that we sent out, and uh, so far it's been great. Uh, trailing only technology, financial, industrial sectors. And by the way, technology is losing a lot of uh, uh, votes, let's put it that way, okay? Uh so that that's kind of interesting. One subsector of healthcare is biotechnology, 
And, uh, you know, biotechnology stocks are no longer your, your grandpa's biotechnology stocks. Some of them have dividends. They have great growth rates, you know, and uh, they've become a, a major part of the, uh, uh, the healthcare sector now. And, look, one of the things I'll, I'll mention is if you look at the correlation to the S&P 500, uh, biotechs have a high correlation. They're at 0.57. Uh, I mean, has have a low correlation, I'm sorry, um, at 0.57, where the technology sector is 0.9. So if this S&P 500 were to sell off, it'd be less likely to have uh, some of the biotechnology and healthcare stocks sell off with them, okay? So th- that's a good thing. But they've moved up. They um, if, if I looked at direction, MLPs, which we talked about, all the insiders buying, and by the way, they're still showing up on my charts, uh, we're no, number one. The direction's the right direction. And then biotechnology and healthcare are, num- are number two and three, with industrials being third. Uh, uh, you know, what, what, they're tied. Uh, biotechnology and healthcare are tied for second, by the way. Industrials third. And telecommunications, a name we haven't heard, we haven't used in like 20 years. Uh, I'm seeing more and more stocks, and I got a couple names that I really, really like in that area, but I'm not telling anybody uh, unless you're a client. Uh, but look, I, I found a list of biotechnology ideas that I really like, and some of these have really, really good dividends. Uh, some of them I already own, uh, but some of them have really, really good dividends, and it's it's kind of a uh, an interesting thing. I mean, there's one that has a 2.8% dividend. It uh, has two drugs that actually cure cure okay the the problem. And they got two more drugs that may do just the same. And they're trading at 10 times earnings because they cure people. It doesn't mean that the disease is going away, just that they're curing a lot of their population. Unfortunately, another you know million to 2 million people get uh, uh, stuck with those two diseases, and it's hepatitis C and also HIV. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. But uh, anyway, let's take a look at uh, what happened in the third quarter. Healthcare was a leading index, up 23%. Uh, then tech at 15. Industrials, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the, S- the Standard Poor's is up 9% for the, for the month. And the consumer non-cyclicals, that's at retail, by the way, was up 8.3. And then uh, the utility index uh, looked pretty good. And, but, you know, we, what we had uh, is the commodities uh, were the worst performing asset, um, and international equities tied to commodities were the worst performing down 2.7 for the quarter. International equities continue to return, uh, had a negative return of 6%. So it's been a tough group, uh, to be involved in. And, um, I think, you know, if, if you look, uh, overall, the sector performance, uh, you know, once again, we've, we've been right keeping you in, you know, we talked about healthcare, we talked about technology and industrials. So we've kept you in the right spot. The one area that hasn't participated that was up big on Thursday when we were down big was the uh, uh, financials. And it's only been certain part of the financials have been going up. It's been the non, non-banking financials which have been up. But if you look, uh, you know, there's there's been some interesting stuff going on, like the Shanghai Index has outperformed the Dow for the last two and a half, three weeks. So it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, look, uh, the sectors that I saw that were big that moved were the healthcare sector. And then the last two weeks, the, the aerospace and defense, mostly because of Boeing, uh, 
But the software index continues to do extremely well. But if you look, healthcare, technology, industrials were consistent themes in the best-performing groups, ETFs, you name it, okay? In a similar fashion, last quarter, precious metal ETFs were among the worst performers. Uh, you know, we, we saw some bottoming there, but we, we, you know, like I said, you, you never anticipate an anticipator in those. So the small cap healthcare, uh, index was actually the best performing ETF. A lot of biotechs going from a dollar, two dollars to ten, five, six. I mean, I, I, I had a couple that I've owned for a couple years that did nothing. And suddenly they went from three to four to 15. Okay. And I think there's a couple more that are going to do that, uh, which is really interesting. Um, those are more aggressive stocks. You know, we don't buy those all the time, but we do have some, uh, filtered into some, some portfolios. But the continued strength of domestic equity is demonstrated with, uh, if you look at each of the top 10 sectors, they're all, def- they're all from America. Uh, so it's healthcare, uh, defense, software, biotech, medical devices, uh, another technology ETF. Uh, pharmaceuticals. It's amazing how good the pharmaceuticals are doing. I mean, if you look at Eli Lilly, Merck, Pfizer, they're all doing really well. Uh, the retail group, the telecommunications group, like I said, we haven't talked about that in like years. Um, and then uh, retail again. So, you know, if you look at the uh, uh, the worst performing uh, video games, we're down big, uh, but it started out with gold miners, silver miners, social media, uh, solar, Home construction, uh, natural resources, natural resources, natural gas, oil services, and uh, gaming stocks. So, look, rising uh, interest rates have been a headwind for domestic bonds return this year, and and rate hedges were among the best performers uh, in in the time. And we've been talking about that. If you've, you've had a conversation with me, I, I showed you that in 1940 we hit the lowest yield ever, 1.81 percent. Well, we hit 1.2%. That's why I always said though, President Obama was saying how great things were. And oil drops from a buck 20 down to 26 bucks and the yields hit the lowest thing ever. That isn't, you know, the, believe me, the people who buy bonds sharpen their pencil big time. They know their numbers. All right. Cause it's, it's 10 times the size of the stock market. So, uh, but you have the Federal Reserve raise their level in their target benchmark. So, you know, look. The, you're seeing the rates go up. The, I guess the second part of the puzzle is a flattening yield curve. The yield curve measures uh, the difference in interest rates short and long term. And then Thursday came along and it was a major asset allocation shift. You could see it. There was billions of dollars of bonds just dropped on the market. Some people think it's China. Who knows? But the point is, when you had the flat yield curve, everybody's worrying. Now we've, we're steep in the yield curve pretty drastically and it's it's bouncing back and forth, so it's very, very hard to figure out. Um, and if you look, um, you know, how much you – know, the problem with the yield curve being like that is how much growth and how much value you should have in your portfolio. I've been peppering both account, my accounts with a little bit of both. Uh, look, one of the things is the effective Fed funds rate, if you look, is still neutral versus the Fed funds rate. But if it gets – if it goes above it – uh, that's when you'll probably see some uh, corrective scenarios going on. Uh, the financial conditions are still among the easiest ever. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't see anything like that uh, being a big problem. Now, uh, look, uh, here's some things that uh, Bob Schleimer, Bob Dickey, uh, you know, some of my good friends in the techno- uh, 
technical strategy area. Uh, Bob Schleimer works for Fundstrat. That, by the way, that's Tom Lee. That's got some real smart people they put together. I think that's going to be a big, big scenario. But look, the, the S&P uptrend is still intact. There's no major divergences. There's a short-term pullback likely. You know, we, we sent this, uh, this note out about the advanced decline line, you know, stepping down a little bit to all our people on our list. So if you want to get on our list, you call me at 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. I'm in Cleveland. Just a lot of people call from beyond a thing. They don't want to want a toll call. Uh, but we we sent this out, and I, I'm going to send one out next week too, uh, because it's very important that you understand what's going on. And um, it, this is these are my clients and people who are thinking about becoming clients. And uh, uh, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's good information. Usually, international equities. I think there's going to be a rebound, but I think it's going to be likely tactile, not long term. I think what you're going to see is a lot of people. Uh, uh, you know, sell, taking the trade and selling. Bottoms don't happen. V bottoms don't happen very often. Okay, they don't. It, 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 usually, they're generational lows when that occurs, and there's been massive selling for a couple of years, like 2009, for example, or 2002. Um, but growth remains an established uptrend versus value right now, and I don't see any change yet. But this is the longest period of time value has underperformed. So, uh, just remember that. Uh, Bond yields have broken above the 330 area on, on the 30 year. Uh, I think 350 would break out from the downtrend in yields dating back to 1980. That's a long way, folks. Uh, the 10 year is very close also. So you got to be uh, worried about that a little bit. And if I, I think revisiting energy right now is a really good idea. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing some, some upside, some, uh, you know, Things uh, you know, I, I bought Valero a couple years ago, and I've noticed that's that's that it's up a lot. I'm not recommending it, but it's it's up a lot, and it it looks I mean like this guy's turning. I'm seeing some big things, but I'm also seeing a lot of other names that that look really really good. The industrials, a lot of these guys are starting to break out. There's some uh, really good ideas, and I, I put the defense stocks in in with the industrials because they are in a certain degree, and then there's some ones that are down and out that are starting to recover quickly, and I like those too. Healthcare and technology look great. Um, you know, uh, you know, we could have a bit of a corrective phase. You're already starting to see it in the uh, in the Russell 2000. And uh, you know, if, if we if we broke below 1700 on that, I think 1650 would be the next support, and then 1600 at the 200 day moving average. I don't think it's the end of the world there. I just think they're up a lot, and and um, people are just uh, frightened at this point. Uh, uh, very frightened, but you know we did see the ten-year break above the three point one five area, uh, almost to three thirty on uh, on Thursday, and that really sent the dollar flying. Uh, the semiconductors, which were trying to uh, bottom, uh, pulled back quite a bit for that. The banking index, I said you know last week that we thought that they were bottoming, and that turned around great. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that's a trade or not. In the materials, I think gold. He's trying to bottom, but it's not there yet. Hey, we'll be right back with a bullish percent. Stay tuned. This is Smart Investor Show. You know the moment. The workday is over. Your daily responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lie back. It's that end of day. Ah. 
That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-soothing serenity made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer, who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see for yourself. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. Took a stroll on the old long walk of the day. I met a little girl and we stopped to talk on a fine soft day. Okay, if you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Uh, once again, if you'd like to see our webpage, just go Google Tim Hayes Radio and uh, I show up. And you can always tell it's me because it always says buy low, sell high. <laughs> I've been using that for years. Uh, some people have been using it for uh, decades. So, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I was, um, we're going to talk about the bullish percent here, which is one of our main risk indicators. And, um, I think it turned down. I'm not sure. I, I, you know, I, I will know this next week, but, uh, retail clients have been pulling their money from the market all year long. Isn't that interesting? They've been selling, selling, selling. And yet what's interesting is that the, the AAII poll, which is you know bulls versus bears, has been going up, and it's usually individual investors. It's the American Association of Individual Investors. So retail clients have pulled more money from mutual funds and ETFs in, in the last nine months than they have in, in the ensuing three years, uh, which is interesting. Um, now, the bullish percent is something we talk about pretty regularly on the show, and, and like we start out – with the economy, we move our way down to individual ideas, uh, you know, with relative strength buys and, and insider purchases. And then we, we broaden out at the end of the show a little bit. But the New York Stock Exchange or the, New, the bullish percent for the New York Stock Exchange is a risk indicator. It just goes from zero to 100. When it gets over 70, that's when things are way too hot. Uh, and that's the red zone. That's when you want to be a lot more careful. And that when you get below 30, that's the green zone. That's where you want to be, you know, buying like crazy with both hands. Uh, especially when we turn into a column of X's. Column of X's mean we have the offensive team on the field. Column of O's mean we have the defensive team on the field. Uh, we were down 2.6%, which is interesting because the S&P 500 hit a new high every day. So what we're seeing is more and more players sitting back at the bench uh, or sitting on the bench instead of playing the game, okay? Now, we'd reverse at 52, which I think we hit Friday. Uh, I'm not absolutely sure. I will know Monday. If you'd like to know, give me a call Monday, and I'll, I'll tell you. 
the the over the counter index is at forty three point seven percent. It wouldn't reverse back up. It's in a column of O's to fifty. The world index is in a column of X's at thirty eight, but it, it'll reverse down at thirty six. So we're seeing, um, you know, the over the counter index remains in O. It moved lower. Uh, the the positive trend remains in a column of O's for all the indexes. So, you know, the number of stocks in a positive trend is falling. Okay, so we're seeing some stuff that I don't like is what I'm trying to tell you in so many words. Uh, so you want to be a little bit more cautious now. And uh, look, I, I think, you know, if we use dynamic asset level investing, uh, domestic equities are still the place to be. I, I don't know if we're going to have the massive sell-off or anything like that. I don't think we are. Look, I remember what I said last week, there's $11 trillion on the sidelines in money markets. So somebody's been talking about, you know, having a similar situation in 1929. Look, 1929, you could buy a $100 stock for $10. You had to put $10 down, okay? So if you bought one share, you could margin 90% of it. That's why they had a problem. They can't do that anymore, okay? Uh, Matter of fact, I think the retail numbers on margin uh, are the lowest they've been in a long, long time. So I don't see a uh, look a correction. Sure, there's an eight. Look from the top trend of the ten, trend line to the bottom, and if you don't know what that is, you should come see me. Uh, it's about eighteen percent, and I think that there could be uh, you know some uh, you know we could move back to the the bottom trend line. It could happen eighteen percent very very quickly. It's happened before, or we could go sideways for a while. Look. Uh, there's less regulation there was in the Obama administration. In Obama administration, we had very easy money. Now the money's going away a little bit. Uh, the Fed said that in their last statement. Uh, no more easy money is what it comes down to. So uh, what we're going to see is, is um, you know, can regulation and the tax cuts hold the market up? Well, and we'll find out. Now, the Dow has been positive for 11 straight weeks uh, where the – the small caps and the mid caps have been negative and, and the, the, the NASDAQ 100 has really been getting beat up this last week. Uh, and the S&P 500 equal weight and the S&P, uh, 500 market cap weight have been negative for a couple weeks too. So it's only been the Dow. Uh, and, and, you know, look, I've seen a couple of the FANG stocks make double tops. You know, I, I, look, I, I said that uh, I caught a lot of grief from some people about uh, Facebook, and then I said that Jeffrey Gunlack said it's you know it's time to short Facebook, and it went up about, it went up to two eleven, but that was at one seventy nine. All right, it opened at one sixty four, from from two eleven it went to one sixty four on the opening, so you didn't have a chance to get out. Even if in after hours you were, you know, actually the after hours is one fifty five. Okay, so uh, after hours trading is is great, <laughs> but there's no liquidity. <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, I I think if you look at the the industrial average was was the best performer of the third quarter with it had an eight point nine percent gain. It probably also has the biggest uh, you know uh, problem on the downside. So you got to be careful now. The sector group, uh, you know, we look at the bullish percent for each sector. We're still at just eight favored sectors and what's really interesting it was down 1.79 percent to 46 percent remember this was just 66 percent in january uh so we we only have uh when, when we look at this we have 
nothing above 70. Remember, uh, banks and, uh, and forest paper products were up at 90. Uh, so at 60 is computers. It's a little bit pricey in, in, a, in an area like this. And then at 50 is protection services, software, business products, restaurants, oil, and healthcare. And then at 45 is retail. Now, we do have some, some groups that are below 30 that are not favored, or 30 or below. The lowest one is precious metals at 18, then Wall Street's at 24, and then non-ferrous metals, semiconductors, and steel are at 30. So those groups, you want to wait for a turnaround. We have not seen them yet, so don't go buying them yet. Uh, believe me, you can uh, feel a lot of pain between 30 and 15 <laughs> and 12, etc. So you wait for them to turn around. All right, now we did see... Um, Biogenetics, which were biotech, you know, which were down at 34, they reversed into what we call bear uh, correction phase. So they were in kind of a bear market and they got beat up. Um, and the, the only group that's really in bull confirmed status uh, is oil. Uh, healthcare is in bull correction and drugs are in bull alert. So th- those are two areas. That whole group looks much, much better every day. But if you look uh, to have that, oh, an auto and auto parts. I'm sorry, they were at they're at 28 percent too. So we have a lot of names under uh, the the 20 percent area. And oh, there's one other one. I'm sorry, uh, I'm not reading my list properly. And that is utilities. Uh, you know, utilities have been beat up because they are interest rate sensitive, and they've really dumped on the interest rate scenario uh, lately. Uh, international equities, boy, this is a hard one because. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm. If you look at the overall sectors, there are a couple. You know, Taiwan's doing well, and a few. But boy, you got to be really, really careful. And you know, uh, I have said, uh, you know, I had a client tell me about this guy who was going to asset allocate for him, and I, I said, well, what is where's where's his asset allocation? And he said, uh. 30% bonds, so he's probably down 10% already, 10% cash, 60% equities, of which 30% of that would be international equities, so he's probably down 20% there. Asset allocation has not been working for the last 10 years. Uh, and especially, you know, if they took the money at the second at the end of the second quarter and took it out of domestic equities to reallocate into international equities and bonds, you really got peppered. <laughs> so be careful with that type of stuff. You know, it's, you know, sometimes, look, you're in a secular bull market. Just remember that and don't let people scare you out. There'll be scary times. 1987 was a secular bear market. Even if you went through that, you still made five to six times your money in the next decade. So now Jeff Gunlock, uh, who is with Double Line and has made some great calls, he's the guy who said a short. Uh, Facebook at 179. It's now 159. Went to 211 first. Don't get me wrong. The shorts, shorts covered and got w- really worried. But look, uh, it was a rough go in the bond market this last week. Uh, you know, yields hitting some of the highest I've seen. The 10 year hit a seven year high of 3.2, and the and the uh, 30 year hit 3.38. So those are big numbers. Uh, and Gunlock says that if we had three closes in a row over 3.25 on the 10-year, sh- the equity market might be in trouble. Now, look, the the, the best asset class in fixed income has been uh, 
the the floating rate and convertible bonds. And municipal bonds, by the way, are still yielding above treasuries. That's I think is phenomenal, and I'll just leave it at that. But convertible bonds are hybrid securities. They're both debt and equity, and they give the bondholder the right, but not the obligation, to exchange the bond for a predetermined number of shares of the common stock. So a convertible investor can profit from exercising those options when the, it hits a uh, a conversion price. So the value uh, of a straight bond acts as a floor to the value of a, of a convertible bond, just so you know. So it's a less risky investment than the equities. Uh, so that might be a way to go for some of those people who want fixed income and uh, some other stuff. Now, uh, and some uh, equity gains. So commodities, uh, gold, oil's been positive for four weeks, gold for seven. The commodity index is about the four or five. Um, copper has been positive for eight, about eight weeks, but the, the stocks aren't the commodities are doing well. The stocks are not. Uh, you know, heating oil's up 13% for the year and wheat's up 19%. Uh, crude oil's up 22%. But if you look at the, the, a lot of the things aren't following, okay? So we had several, uh, um, Relative strength buys this week. Remember, we look at relative strength. Relative strength is important. So what we're doing is we're giving you ideas that you should put down and, you know, uh, jot down and say, hey, maybe that's for me, maybe not. Some of these are smaller names this week. The Great Lakes Dredge and Dock Corporation, uh, Innovio Biomedical, Belmont, uh, which is in the hotel business, WT Offshore, and Firsthand Technology Fund. I made a lot of money off on that uh, when Facebook was involved. And then... Um, on the sell side, we got a lot of sells. American Vanguard Corporation, AMEG Pharmaceuticals, Builder Sources, Carriage Services, Flushing Financial, High Crush, Immumedics, Las Vegas Sands, Method Electronics, Omeris Corp., Wells Fargo, USA Technology, IOVANCE Biotechs, uh, and CBay. Uh, now, the question I have is t- twofold. Banks, you know, is this a bouncer or, or more than that? And the other thing is, the if I look at the... Uh, McQuillan oscillator, it's at minus 34. The summation index is at one, is below 100. Hmm, interesting. Uh, so everything's not great. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Insiders. Fact. Fall is here. Fact. The first snowfall often occurs mid-October, and this year experts predict a colder-than-normal winter. Are you prepared? Start planning now and winterize your home by replacing your old drafty windows with brand-new custom windows from Window Nation. Start with the worst windows or replace them all, but do it now before the cold weather arrives. Window Nation is making it easy with 50% off all styles of windows. That's 50% off any size, any color, and any style. That could mean savings of over $3,500 on a house of new windows. It gets better. Get new windows now, but pay later, much later, like a year later. Window Nation has you covered with no down payments, no monthly payments, and no interest for over 12 months. Want more? Window Nation will pay all of your utility bills until your new windows are installed. That's pretty good. That's right. With Window Nation, you get it all. Call right now and get 50% off all styles of windows, no payments, and no interest for 12 months, and Window Nation will pay your utility bill until the new windows are installed. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com by this Sunday. Are you dreaming of something greater? A college degree, job skills, a rewarding career. 
The Ohio Army National Guard can help you get the education you need to land the career you've always wanted. The Ohio National Guard Scholarship Program could pay 100% of your college tuition. You're eligible for the scholarship as soon as you enlist. Learn more about the many benefits that come with serving in the Ohio Army National Guard. Visit NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard, aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Once again, if you'd like to get um, any of the ideas we talked about, and look, uh, this is a good time to start thinking about the dividend growth portfolios and the prime income list, uh, and our bond list too, by the way. Um, our top ideas, our best uh, best ideas in oil, I think is a perfect time. Uh, because as things sell off, especially in the dividend growth area, you know the yields go up. You want to capture the highest yield you can. So when they sell off, you know, you're buying a total return package, okay? It's best to buy those when they're down. Remember, Noah did not start building the ark when it, the day it started raining. He, he was a little bit ahead of schedule, okay? So uh, those are all good things. But just go, you know, Google t- or Bing or, you know, wh- you know, wherever you're searching Facebook, Tim Hayes Radio, and I show up, okay? And then hit the contact me or email me or just call me, 888-223-7742. Okay, so we talk about insiders now. We just talked about some relative strength buys. Not many this week. So you're seeing more and more stocks sell off. And you know what I sent this week, uh, last week was a note saying, hey, the advanced decline line is falling behind. And what's the advanced decline line? The number of advancers divided by the number of decliners. You want that going up. We see it sold off. Small cap sold off, as we talked about last week. We had a sell-off this week. All right? So, look, you want to be careful. Uh, you know, if the bullish percent did turn down, uh, you know, you're, you, you, you gotta get a little bit more defensive, you know, be smart about it. Don't, uh, do crazy things, but, uh, we, we should know, uh, Monday if the bullish percent turned down. And if you'd like to call me, please do. Uh, so now we talk about insider buys. Okay. Now this was a stock that went straight up and came straight back down. It's called Orogenics and they, they're dealing with, uh, diseases in your mouth and you know they found out that if your your mouth is particularly important to the rest of your body that your mouth if it's if it's free of germs and all that stuff you're less likely to have a heart attack (laughs) so uh at least that's what they're telling me but anyway we had uh the the koski family trust by 169,000 shares last week we talked about that if you don't know who the koski family is you should okay they're very uh, very wealthy people and then we had six buyers insiders charles pope the ceo etc uh no i'm sorry charles pope is the director but the ceo the cfo six buyers of 125,000 shares each and this stock went from 73 cents, basically to three bucks or four bucks almost, and came back down. And they bought it before it, it, it sold off. So they're down. 
<laughs> so there must be something going on there. Who knows? And then AstraZeneca, which just got uh, uh, just hit a new high, by the way. Uh, the parent company, AstraZeneca PLC, bought $3.699 million worth of stock. Isn't that interesting? I love when the parent company buys. And then um, AMC Networks, and it sold off on this, by the way, bought 6.695 million shares of RLJ Entertainment at around 3 bucks. It's about $20 million. They now own $11 million. Gee, I wonder what they're thinking about. <laughs> Okay, also, uh, Post Holdings. Uh, man, th- th- this has been a, I own some of this, so, uh, you know, I think it's been a really good stock for a pretty long time. Um, but I noticed that uh, David Kemper, who's a director, uh, and the CFO each bought 90,664,000 000 shares. And then we had another guy buy 130,000 shares. Now, this is a $95 stock, folks. This is not chump change. And then a couple other guys, including the CEO, buy 107,563 shares. So a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven insiders buying huge amounts. Uh, we'll just leave that up to your imagination. Now, there's another little uh, biotech. I'm seeing more and more of these. So this is for your traders only. This is not for widows or orphans. Uh, a director, uh, actually he's president, he's a director and he's president and CEO of Curis, uh, bought 750,000 shares at 162. It's about 1.62 million shares. Uh, now here's one that I, I bought a long, long time ago and made quite a bit of money when this particular gentleman bought it. I bought, I paid four bucks for it and I sold it like 12. Uh, and this is Robert Glasser. If you don't know who he is, you should look him up. He's the chairman of the board of Real Networks. He's been around the block a couple times, and he bought eighteen thousand, okay, uh, shares. It's only sixty-four thousand shares, but he already owns thirteen million. <laughs> He's made twelve buys since June first, and then we have six other buyers just recently of uh, about nine thousand shares each. So it's uh, it's not a huge thing. It's just multiple buyers, and sometimes multiple buyers are really good. Okay, now remember. Last week, uh, or last month, we got Barron's, and it said, uh, actually, Barron's had in July, the uh, the Bulls' final countdown, how to prepare. <laughs> and then the Fortune was last month, I'm sorry, and it has a guy with uh, one of those, you remember the old signs in the old days where they, they had a sign on the front and a sign on the back, and it had, a, it had a, some straps over it. You put it over your, your thing and walked around for people, and it says, the end is near, and a guy's screaming. Well, I don't think it's near because this is the next point. There is a record-breaking $11 trillion sitting in cash. Another 5 to $7 trillions left the stock market and went to the bond market and is averaging about – was averaging about two point four percent, but since yields are up, they're probably get they're probably down ten percent now. Okay, which is not why you go into bonds. You go into bonds; they're a defra- deflationary uh, uh, product. So what they're supposed to do is not lose you money. <laughs> All right. Now the other thing we talked about last week was uh, a possible bottom in in the gold market, and I don't. I I, I mean. I'm not talking about gold itself. I'm talking about the actual gold miners, the large and the small. Both are look like they're making a what what I call a head and shoulders reversal. If you don't know that, uh, look it up on on Google. But it's a reverse head and shoulders. Uh, but it's not confirmed yet. Okay, so 
you know, will gold ever come back? It probably will. Um, but look, uh, I'll say this again. Um, everybody's talking about Bitcoin, and, and uh, Tom Lee at Fundstrat is really kind of positive on it. But just remember, back in 1993, just 3% of the people participated in the Internet. I remember I had, I had an Internet. I mean, I had a, a web, uh, I mean, an email address. It was all numbers. How about that? Anybody have a numbers anymore on 100%? And, and that's about where we are in terms today of the global pr- penetration of active cryptocurrencies. So it's kind of a fair comparison, and there may be considerable growth ahead for that group. Uh, and, and I think you've got to understand that uh, people hate it. The Federal Reserve hates it. But if you're, in the, you know, if you're doing bad things like you're in the skin trade or you know, uh, the, the people trade or uh, the drug trade, they're using this, and they're using it big. So the dark side of the web is using this a lot. And the question is, will the, the you know, will they regulate it? And if they regulate it, the dark side will go away and probably figure out something else. That's why gold hasn't been performing, folks, is because they've been going. They be, these guys usually work in gold uh, and, and currencies. They haven't been. Uh, now, probably the biggest thing we should talk about is value stocks have underperformed the growth stocks for most of the 10-year bull market, except for the uh, some shorter periods of strength during the uh, market pullbacks. And the question is, uh, with things like Amazon, you know, straight up and Netflix straight up, will that continue? And I, I don't know. I mean, look, if you look, if you, if relative performance is a straight line on a page and then you draw a line from there straight up, that's where growth is right now. If you draw that line straight down, that's where value is. Things change on Wall Street. They regurgitate ideas all the time. Remember that all the time, okay? Uh, so just remember that. And I guess, look, uh, we have some short-term support on the Dow around 25,700. Uh, That's about 3% lower than current levels right now. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, you know, one of the things is, is that you don't want to see is the number of stocks that have been hitting new highs uh, with the index has been declining over the last couple of months. And, uh, you know, it, it's much lower than it was last year. So those are things you have to pay attention to. And the other thing is we had this little bit of a parabolic move. It's not like a parabolic move on like a weekly or a monthly chart, but it, it is a daily chart and, and I think, you know, or a yearly chart. And and so you have to be thinking about that. You know, uh, now, the other thing is I don't want you to get too bearish, okay, because if we look at the S&P 500 back 95 years, uh, we're, we're in the beginning of a secular bull market, and it's going to last a while. There'll be sell-offs, folks, but don't get too bearish. Just don't. You know, the the problem is if you look at the ten-year chart, we're way you know we're at the top end of the trend line, and you know we're either going to go sideways or down coming up here, and uh, don't know which it is. That's the fun part of the job. But look, the other thing is yields are starting to pick up, and for those bond people out there, uh, you know maybe you get the CD list or the bond list that we put out every uh, week. You know, they're starting to pay you money for bonds and CDs. So for all those people who wanted fixed income that have nothing to do with the stock market, now's a good time. Also, they've been beating up the dividend growth stocks, and I think those are a great, you know, long-term investment. I think you'll be in great shape with those. And the prime income list, they've been beating that up. Buy yield when it's up, folks. It's as simple as that. That's all you need to know. Uh, so if you need to get any of these things, just Google Tim Hayes Radio. 
and hit the contact me or email me. While you're there, look at our technical daily technical update. You know, sometimes if you see what's going on, you understand a little bit better. Uh, and if, you know, like people are scared to death of the market. Well, if they look at the 93-year three, three uh, chart on the market, like Bob Dickey put out a couple months ago or a couple days ago, uh, you, you understand, okay? It's, you know, bear markets happen and they're a bummer. But as long as you don't use leverage, as long as you don't use margin, you're in great shape in the long run. So use these times, these sell-off times to, you know, first of all, you should be gathering the information now. And what then, you know, if you need my help, give me a call. I'll sit down with you. We'll have a cup of coffee. Uh, look, my clients uh, buy things when they're down. <laughs> and or buy things as they've broken out okay but there's some really good ideas out there very big ideas that have just broken out and there's some really good ideas that are down and out okay where there's been some very smart people buying but bonds are getting beat up right now there'll come a time when they stop and when they get there that's the time you want to put your money to work in the cd market uh you know the municipal bond market the dividend growth portfolios the real estate investment trusts Remember, real estate investment trusts are a inflation hedge. So th- there are certain ones that are continuing to go up and up and up, and those are the ones you want to be looking at. If you like our REIT list, give me a call on that one too. Anyway, that's the show. So stay uh, stay tuned for next week. We'll let you know. If you need to know about the bullish percent, call me Monday. Uh, this is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Have a great weekend. Remember, buy low and sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888 888- 223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. When rolling over your 401k, it's easy to get lost. Look to the experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors from RBC Wealth Management to guide you through the whole 401k rollover process. It's all part of designing a plan that's tailored to your unique investment needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. The preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.